And tonight's guest is a San Jose, California-based comic. She produces the CCC Comedy Show and is the CEO and overlord of Bang- Bango Productions. Bangory. <laughs> I said it wrong. Bangory Productions. Please welcome the lovely Cynthia in public. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are Hello. you? Welcome. So Hello, internet. <laughs> Hello. I know. Hello, Zoom people. Hello. Yes. I, I, this is awesome. I'm I'm actually loving this pandemic because uh, then I can dress up from the waist up. And, uh, and, no, and, and guess what? When I ask people to be on the show, no one can say no because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you really doing? Right? Right? It's a Zoom, people. You can schedule it in, right? There's no flights to miss and they're only sitting for about, what, 28 minutes? Come on. You know. So uh, first... Um, how how are you doing in this pandemic? Uh, it's been up and down. Uh, I think the best thing is I'm just hanging in there. Really. <laughs> hanging in there. I always tell my sister, I used to say that when I was yeah, like, I'm really sad. She'd be like, oh, hang in there. I was like, black people don't hang in. We don't hang up. We don't hang out. We don't do anything. <laughs> not what we do. But okay, I like that. Um, so, I, so, you're, so you do comedy. Tell me, um, what is the first funny influence that made you think about comedy as a career? Uh, definitely my family. Oh, really? Uh, I like, so I was originally born in Cameroon and I I don't know what it is, like, but like, I feel like there's comedy built into our culture and in all of our interactions. Right. (laughs) Um, I, I, I have four older brothers and a sister and I grew up being roasted by them. So like, it just definitely gave me like a lot of practice in comedy. And, you know, like whenever we got together as a family, there was always like someone acting out a story or telling something. I don't know. I think it's just, it's comedy was very big part of my life growing up. It is also a way that I've used to like deal through traumas and hard times. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd always had a goal, like, let me try. I always want to be an open micer. I didn't necessarily think of being a comedian, but like, mm-hmm. let me try an open mic. And then I tried one of, let me do another and then another. And then I took a long break mm-hmm. and then I came back about a year ago and then i really got into comedy i would say probably about a year ago yeah oh wow i've only been doing it one year i had i tried it like a few times Uh five years ago oh (laughs) gosh what was it what was it like um the first time you ever heard silence at a mic like you bombed uh it was painful (laughs) i really just wanted to get off torture right yeah that's torture. how did you come Um, back with it keep going at it or what you just keep going um, just because like I, I just have sort of this mindset of uh, failure is not it's not a failure unless you learn from it right mm. so even with every bombing sometimes mm-hmm. I go back and I would watch the videos I was like why did I bomb why did I do this and then sometimes I would just practice the same set sometimes I would ask one mm-hmm. um, but like especially when I was starting out there were definitely a lot of bombs and failures and it took a while to you know get a better and better set mm. wow well um uh, how do you deal with like uh, when you go into? I mean, I'm not sure how it is out in San Jose, but in New York, you've walked, you can walk into a, uh, a open mic with like 30 guys, and you're the only girl. Oh, and and on top of that, like one, probably the it's only a black person. Party, 100. Like, oh, really? Really? It's like really? um, I think. Well, I'm also an engineer in my oh. daily life. Oh, so you're used so, to men. You're used to yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. that was some advantage. Like I'm used to just walking in and just like dick here, dick there, dick, 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 dick. Okay, cool. Right. right We're right. there's just a bunch of Richards in the room. Right. You know, like I'm used to that and I think that really helps me keep like a focus. But sometimes uh-huh. it does get to me, um, especially because there've been some interactions like from other comedians where mm-hmm. like um I remember starting out, I wasn't really welcomed into the community, like, and oh. um, I was definitely didn't 
you know, like I, I wasn't welcome, even though I'd been at it for like a few months, whereas other people that I saw had literally just started, all the guys were talking to them. It was like, oh right. yeah, here's an open mic here this, and there and there and there. This, you know, it's like, it's like I have to prove that I'm funny, yes. whereas another guy gets the benefit of the doubt and yes. can kind of get into the system easier. Yes, I call that the shutting us out theory. Um, and, and I used to get it too. And especially, I don't know, I mean, I, I mean, everybody turned out to be nice, but I've been in rooms where... Um, you know, sometimes I have to fight for my voice. Um, and, uh, especially as an African-American woman, um, yeah. definitely have to fight for your voice because they're like, women are not funny. And then African-American women, what could you possibly have to say that would be funny? So, but, but to me, funny is subjective, right? So, so while you may not think I'm funny, there's five people over there that, that think I'm hilarious. So it's, yeah. to me, I never can say to somebody, oh, you're so corny, you're horrible. You know, because if that's what they really believe and you really think that you have, this is your thing, then who am I to like, I, I don't know, who am I to judge? And until you've been 15 years in the game or 10,000 hours, whatever it is, it's all a guess anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what about- Yeah, I don't think I got really, um, there was, I think, a few incidents that got me respect in the community. One, it was just, like, I remember there was a time where, like, comedian after comedian after comedian was bombing. Mm -hmm. And then I went up and, like, I was telling stories about my bras and all this <laughs> other struggles. And then, like, everyone, I basically brought the room back. And right. then that got me a lot of respect. And uh, happened a couple more times. And then people were like, okay, she's actually a comedian. Right. But, like, it, it was, it's hard fought, you know. It's. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. What do you think about w women in general in comedy, black or white, just in general? Oh, we need more. <laughs> we need yeah. more. I keep thinking it's over flooded, I, but it really isn't, is it? Yeah. Uh, I would say there's probably like it's a 10 to 1 ratio. At least. Um, where, yeah. I, where I live, I'm up in Westchester County, which is 45 minutes from New York City. So when I will go to a mic uh, in the city, uh, especially in the village, I would notice it would be like, I'm not kidding, like 30 guys, and I'd be the only girl, much less only African-American. Uh, and then depending nah. on which room, if I go like, maybe if I went to one like in Harlem, maybe that would change, but I didn't really know. I mean, there was only two mics I knew of in Harlem, so that's probably why I didn't do that. But yeah, it's really weird. Um, I mean, I don't mind. See, I used to model in, in the 80s, so I have no problem uh, with people staring at me in a bad or good way. Like, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Like, some people would be really uncomfortable. It can be really... I've had people at a show, one time I did it at Broadway, and the guy's sitting there like redhead. Cutie cut. He was a cutie pie, too. He was sitting there like this. No matter what you say, it won't be funny. And I was like, uh... And then finally I said something that made him laugh. And he didn't want to laugh, but I made him laugh. And I was so happy. And I told him... I, I love said, that. <laughs> I said, I'm so happy you got your money's worth with at least one little smirk. And so he started laughing, and then he was okay, but... I don't know. It's it's a interesting um, thing, uh, a different, a, a interesting field to be in for women, but especially for, as an African American woman. And I know people get sick of hearing that, but unfortunately, right, that's the world we live in. Like, I don't want to have to be a black comic because that's like stupid. It's like if you're funny, yeah. you're funny. It doesn't matter what color you are, right? But yeah. unfortunately, uh, you know, I have I have seen tons of shows where I'm like, don't you put anybody black people on your show or or, or Asian or like just a woman? How about a woman? A woman. I, I remember the yeah. funniest yeah. thing was like right after George Floyd passed away, mm -hmm. um, there were all these comics like, yeah, we're raising money for BLM, yeah, and then like I look at their like eight person lineup and it's like eight guys and a white girl. I'm like, oh really? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I'm like you think that Black Lives Matter is yeah. just a <laughs> it's just the you, same. You're not gonna look at yourself and. 
word and figure out like what's the problem with your lineup? Nope. Like, sure not. Sure it's, not. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's uh ridiculous. I mean I always say your your what you do speaks for itself. So you don't ever have to tell me that I have a black friend or I have a white friend. Uh, what are you doing when you produce your shows? Are your shows diverse? Because mine's are. I know mine's. I make sure mine's are diverse. And I, and I, and since a lot of them never, very rarely hire um, African Americans as headliners, I try to do that too if I can. Ooh. You know, I try to balance yeah. it out because if you're funny, you're funny. I really don't care about your color. I just want to balance it so that so that anybody's watching, especially young people, when they're watching, they won't be able to say, "Well, there's always only black headliners, or only white headliners, or only Indian headliners. That's all there is in this life." I want them to say. That's just a headliner, period. You know? So, yeah. so by. I agree. Like, um, I think on my shows early on, I made this. It, it's like an unofficial rule, but like the majority of my headliners are women. Yes. Um, especially women of color, because mm. we just. I know so many women in comedy. It's crazy that are. They chill at every single show. They're professional. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I barely ever see them headline. But then I can see the same guys that are like, I would say mediocre, like not as good. And they're headlining and headlining. And I'm just like, why don't we get the opportunities? Like, I'm like, if this is the best person on your lineup, why isn't she headlining? (laughs) And then I just made it a point, like most of my, like I've had male headliners, of course, but like, I try to like, like, okay, this is the best female comedian. I know you're going to headline the show. You're going to headline. Cause like, like you said representation matters and i've been trying to also i mean i do have specialty shows where like i've had all black women or all black people yeah. i have one that's like all mexican heritage nice. um coming up dia de los muertos yeah. but um every one of my shows is usually like i try to cover as many ethnicities as i can exactly. orientations and like even neurodiversities right. and abilities yes. so it's like i Good try to you. make sure that there's some representation and i'm still working on it because like there's not a many native right. comedians and so I'm trying to find more and there's, um, and I found a good source, but there's also, you know, like I'm trying to be as inclusive as I can exactly. and like try to fill in the gaps where I'm missing. Good for you. That's because I was going to ask you, you segue right into it. What led you to producing shows? Uh, yeah. Um, partly the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I already planned on like starting my own outdoor showcase, but then when the pandemic hit, I was like, we we're not going to go over this in a month because people get saying like, oh, it'll be a few weeks. And I was just like, and I just kind of looked at the news and I looked at the fact that no one was like social distancing. I'm like, mm, no, no. Right. So like, I think I, I had one of the first shows uh, or actually the second mm-hmm. ever comedy show in the Bay Area. Um, I started it a few days after the pandemic ah. and then it's been the longest running show with the CCC. Mm-hmm. But I think part of the drive is I kept, I've been having so many conversations with people about mm-hmm. how I hate the current comedy system. Like, I don't want things to go back to normal in terms me of neither. comedy. Me normal neither. me, yeah. again, 10 guys, mm-hmm. one girl, yeah. right? And That's there's right. not enough ethnic representation yeah. and disabilities. So yes. I part of the reason that even wanted me to form this company is mm-hmm. I wanted to showcase all these voices that don't normally get heard. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to change how comedy is seen in the beer. Like Absolutely. I'm showing the best of the best and the best is diverse. It's not just like one white guy. It's not just like one white. It's like, you know, all these ranges of voices and yes. people and backgrounds. 
Yes, and stories, and and that's what I that's why I, I wanted you on the show because um I love the fact that you produce um and also there's um I see you have a CCC comedy show. It's a show where comedians heckle each other. Yes, <laughs> I love that. We did uh, Frank Pellegrino did that in uh at uh, Lucy's in uh, I think it was at Lucy's in uh, Pleasantville years ago. He did this, and and I was like, oh come on, we're not gonna be a show where we get heckled. But we it was it was the most. I opened this when I first started company, like like five or six years ago. So it was like, oh my god, you want me to get heckled? Like I didn't even start getting comfortable with the stage yet. And when he did it, I was like, that's actually. I think it was JC or Frank. I'm not sure who started, but it was awesome because I can honestly say, if you're just starting and you go to a heckler's mic, uh, good luck with that. But guess what? You're gonna you're gonna come out like this. Yeah, I'm ready. Her ready. I agree. Her ready. Um, I definitely think that that show uh-huh. um, has improved my riffing skills yes. to like here, yes. right? And then like my <laughs> also my crowd work to like here, right? Which was something I like I had a I really wanted to work on because before I was really just like more tied to my material. Now it's like mm-hmm. my material, but then I could pull from different places and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but that part of the heckle show was that I wanted it to be interactive because right. I've been to so many zoom shows where like someone goes on for 10 minutes and like halfway through, you just kind of lose your attention or like, you know, you kind of, um, start eating cereal or, and then like not paying attention. But I'm like, if there's a lot of back and forth between different people, mm-hmm. it's fun for the audience to watch that. Cause they don't know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun for the community. Cause it also creates a conversation while we're doing our sets. Okay. So, wow. That's amazing. Uh, I, I just love that. <laughs> That's just amazing. So you are, um, let's see, CEO. Uh, now how did I say overlord of bang? Bangu. Oh, see, Bangu. I'm all speaking all oh, regular English. Bang Bangal. <laughs> Productions, Bangu. Now, is uh, production, is that Cameroon? Where is that? Yeah, so Bangu is the name of my grandmother's village, right? Oh, wow. um, I think in Cameroon, we identify by not only ethnic group, but like, you know, where on the maternal side our grandparents came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the actual print, uh, if you ever see it, it's like this really blue, nice motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the motif of my ethnic group, the Bamili Kit people, Bamilikit. right? So I wanted something that like really represented um my family and kind of my store i just kind of live a little imprint in america or the bay area like yeah. the village is here like yeah. the village is here like we're, we're here and we're trying to make something different that's so. awesome i just found out i have cameroon too uh, mostly hey. mostly nigerian but cameroon a little pinch of ghana <laughs> a little pinch of somalia we're, uh, us americans are like uh, we're like the um yeah. I, I won't say that my sound offensive to my you know we're the you know we don't have just one the, one the tribe, next, right? Next. We got a lot of tribe. Kenya, I got. I'm re- representing all of the tribes, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, dang, how did I get so many? But I forgot your DNA pulls from your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your father, your ancestor. So you got, you know, it's crazy. But but out Cameroon, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. That's awesome. So I was just excited because. Um, one of my friends teased me. It's like, oh, you're African American. I was like, it's still African, duh. It's just I've been born in America, and and they tease us, and so we have. So now I can go back and say, listen, I'm 85. percent Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> don't play with me, okay? Don't even try it. No, it's funny, but you know, we were born here, so um, we say American. So it, it's all good. Either way, it's all good. So tell us about um, you centered on big, big how do you say big pop, big pop, and marginalized Bye, groups of comedy. Bye, yeah. Yeah. So BIPOC, um, 
rather than saying people of color, mm-hmm. um, oh, oh, I mean, okay. it was something I learned recently. Like, so BIPOC is like black, indigenous people of color. Oh. And it specifically starts with black and indigenous first because it's kind of trying to recognize the minorities that have been most impressed in our system. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know races, like everything is racist. Like everything is racist. <laughs> everything. <But> like, um, <laughs> As we've seen with, um, you know, with police brutality oh. and with our healthcare system mm-hmm. and our criminal justice system, yes. Black people experience yes. it the worst, mm-hmm. as well as Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I like to focus in on my company, right? Like right. we're centering around people of color, but even venues that I'm trying to work with for outdoor shows, I'm trying to pick small Black-owned or Latinx-owned businesses um, as much as I can because I want to give back to that community. I'm trying to make sure that everything in our supply chain or maybe not our supply chain but like everything in how we're producing it mm-hmm. um go the money stays in our community and the money goes to people that you know like i would rather i don't i'd rather give my money to the mom down the street right. than to some corporation or some like chain of restaurants mm-hmm. so so when you started this um the production companies did, was that so that you changed the narrative for women um, and, and to make a vehicle and a voice for yourself and other people? Yes, yeah. for women, people of color, and other people. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been, I only started the company two months ago, but I've been doing the work for mm-hmm. like, well, like six, seven weeks, however, right. seven months, however long right. the apocalypse has been. Right. Um, wow, but, really? So, <laughs> oh, wow. So, see? But yeah, uh, but I mean, through the company, uh, Following George Floyd, mm-hmm. uh, we did it. I basically ran this six-part series on racism. Mm-hmm. So on the CCC show, I had uh, comedians that were all white, and then comedians that were all all Latinx, and then all South Asian. Mm-hmm. You know, like of different ethnicities mm-hmm. every week. Oh, that's smart. Discussing racism. Oh, right? I love it. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but it was more like I wanted other ethnicities to be talking about racism, just mm-hmm. to kind of show that it's not just. First, I wanted to give Black people a break because mm-hmm. I mean, every Black person I knew was just exhausted exhausted and tired it is but the other thing is that like um there's a different understanding of racism among different ethnic groups among different people Mm -hmm. and i kind of wanted to like bring that out and address it head on right so even um you know the comedians did their sets so like you know a lot of them were like very well read but then for people that like oh they said something wrong i basically immediately challenged it but not in a confrontational way but in like oh this is the facts this is the information so you have dialogue Um, which helps not only them but like everyone that's watching so Mm -hmm. we had like probably over thousands of views from like all those six videos and we raised uh around eleven hundred dollars for different black lives matter charities like so that went to um uh the police anti-terror project in oakland that works to defund the police that goes to Mm -hmm. um the east oakland burrito roll that Mm -hmm. actually feeds the homeless uh, Mm -hmm. primarily brown and black people in east oakland but Mm -hmm. really everyone Mm -hmm. um that went to the um, TGIP justice mm-hmm. initiative, so that transgender um, variant and intersex project that does uh, that pretty much tries to help people okay. um, of those genders within the criminal justice system and outside of that system. And then uh, one more that I can't remember, remember uh-huh. but like just all BLM associated and like different aspects and like we're still kind of we're still raising money for blm um through our shows it's just now we're picking the afro-urban society which is supporting black creators and um black owned businesses in oakland so for the most part all these charities oh right we did one for the national for bailing out protesters oh we did oh now that's interesting now that one i i like that one a lot um now i never know what 
every you know how like right now in the news, it's hard to find facts for anything, pretty much, because a lot of stuff is just. I, I don't even know how to... I, I used to know how to fact check. Now I'm like, what is really a fact check? Because it, it all goes by what the media that you're listening to, what their, whoever their owner is, what their theory is. You know what I'm saying? So I can't just randomly say, I don't believe in this uh, because they'll say fired, right? So, um, so I always wonder... Um, you know, I, I had read something on Black Lives Matter um, and then I was like, um, that can't be true. And then I went to the website and I said, well, I don't know. What did, the, what did they stand for exactly? Um, it was what my major question was. Everyone asked me all the time. And I'm like, well, they, they stand for the quality and the justice of African-American people. But then I went and looked on their site. And then I don't know. From what I read, um, I don't know. It, it said the wording was different for me. It was very different. So, But I wanted to hear... I stand for the quality in lives of, uh, you can't say just black men because for, uh, for all African-Americans. Yes. You have yes, to say yes, all, all African-Americans. So, so that's important. But I could not find, how, does, how do I say it? You know, you read something and you're not sure if it's exactly what I'm hearing over here as to what I'm reading. And that's where my issue was. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before I go and put my money out, I got to know exactly what you mean by this. Because some people say that they support um, LGBTQ. Um, LGBTQIA, yeah. Yes, thank the you, community, community, which is which is great, and they need to be represented. So that's not the issue. Um, but for the George Floyd moment that was that was happening, I felt that um, um, that that was I don't know. It, I didn't hear the same message, and I could be wrong. I could be very. I hope I'm wrong. I didn't hear no, the same no, message I, that I, you know I, why I, are black men getting strangled with the knee and shot versus. Oh, I was um, transgender and I was beaten up and shot and killed or whatever. And now the focus is on them and they took it off of the initial thing, which was sort of like, how about this? Sort of like the civil rights movement. It was about us getting our rights to vote, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then by the grace of God, because of other people marching with us, white women got to go to work. They weren't allowed to go to work before that. But because of the civil rights movement, they said, well, I'd rather have the woman in the job place than to hire them. And so that kind of how that's kind of how that happened. That's how I felt when I hear General BLM. I'm not talking about just yeah. like I support them, but I'm saying why I have to stop and make sure I'm saying the right thing because, or I'm I'm supporting the right person things or whatever because I've been hearing another message when I read something else. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. I I guess to I'll go like very. You said a lot, right. so let me. Try. I know. I'm sorry, and I know you're not the president of such organization either. Yeah, so. I think the best way to understand it is the Black Lives Matter organization does not represent all that is Black Lives Matter. It's not the totality of it. Okay. Uh, Black Lives Matter is best to be thought of as like a loose, like a bunch of independent organizations that are okay. each tackling a different issue. Okay. That all have the root of racism, right? So, like, if you could imagine, like, just a tree, mm -hmm. right, and then there's the tree has all these different roots of like one root will be like the criminal justice system the other one will be healthcare. the other one will be um you know ah. transgender violence the other one like all these different branches mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. then black lives matter is just like 
try to attack every root individually, but it's still the same tree of racism just manifested in different ways. See, now why couldn't you have been a spokesperson? Because that is so simple <laughs> and that will make me say, shut up and just pay attention. Because that's a, that you did the best explanation ever. Like, and hands down, like, I hope my viewers, I hope you guys have been listening to that because that is what, yeah. that's, that's what I want to hear. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I think you should be the president, damn it. Huh? Yeah, if I can go further, um, yeah, I think yeah. that uh, it was started probably like it, a lot of people point to the death of Trayvon Martin as like the real right. catalyst to right. the founding of um, the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's been eight or ten years. Right. And uh, I think at the moment, mm-hmm. sorry, how do I think of this? Um, it does have a problem in that it's been overly focused on black males mm-hmm. because as we know, black females also get murdered and uh Black transgender women and transgender men also get murdered at like staggering rates, but they're never discussed, partly because of the patriarchal system that we live in that, you know, it still values male, cis male people over all these other people. Um, The difference is like now we're talking about Breonna Taylor, but Mm -hmm. again, like, you know, no one burned down a building for Breonna Taylor and her killers more or less got off scot-free and got charged with the drywall, right? And no one ever talks about Tony McDade or any other transgender victims. So it's still focused primarily on cis people and primarily on men. Right. Um, So that is the problem. And I think that um, in terms of like, the optics, that's what it is. But yeah. I think in terms of activism, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot more activism for those that have been left behind right. as well. So I feel like now versus 10 years ago, there is more focus on those people, but it might not be getting more mainstream attention. Well, well um, that's true. But you know what I think, um, and this is where I think people that go a little bit left go left, is because um, the, the, the focus of the black men being killed is technically not, Technically, because he's a black male, it's because that is the way to procreate. So, with you go with the the eugenics theory, okay, that's what the lady who started Planned Parenthood, and that we need to get rid of these people and we don't want them procreating. If you go with that theory, that is where uh, it became like, whoa, wait a minute, why are all those young black boys being killed or put in jail? This does not make sense. No, I mean, and so, I, I definitely... so, so, uh, we the theory was that Soros backed them and funded them only because. <laughs> He's part of the eugenics theory that says we don't want any more. So it's perfect for him to do, the, you know, the other community because then you don't have to worry about procreating, just adopting maybe, but no procreating. So yeah, with that I being mean, said. If you look at the founding of Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yes, um, I know that well, woman. I, yes. I think what is it, like Susan B. Anthony. I, I don't know. No, some lady, no. um, some white lady. Yes. Uh, she primarily gave birth control as well as sterilization methods mm-hmm. in brown mm-hmm. and black communities. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's like, yes, they gave agency, but the other there is like sort of this other train of thought that they were doing this in order to reduce the black population. Yeah, they were. Um, if we look at the prison industrial complex, that's pretty much what it is. Like mm-hmm. one out of 10 mm-hmm. black males are actually in prison and mm-hmm. there is a very real school to prison pipeline that exists. And it is all done to destabilize the black family and the mm-hmm. black community. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that doesn't, uh, yes, we should definitely focus on that. And yes, that definitely deserves attention, but mm-hmm. I think it should be a yes. And rather than a yes, or yes. Um, I think that's my only qualm with the movement. And then back to the civil rights movement that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I like to think of BLM as like civil rights is the only way mm. that uh, things trickle up in the economy. If you give civil mm. rights like the most disenfranchised, vulnerable group, like a black, disabled, transgender woman, mm-hmm. veteran, 
every single other group in America gets those rights automatically. Right. Which absolutely. is why I also like to tell people Black Lives Matter is not only for Black lives, mm-hmm. but like if you give the lowest members of society or the people that they consider the lowest, mm-hmm. especially with how we're treated in society, the rights, then it also applies to those above, yeah. right? Yeah. Civil rights, but also was also very calculated, right? Like Rosa Parks was chosen. There was another lady that like, I think yes. a few months earlier yes. had like, sat on the bus, but yeah. she was darker skinned. Yes. And they're like, you know what? We need someone that kind of looks like a white grandma so yes. that they can sympathize. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, optics are a big role, but I, yes. I think it's harder to control optics and to have that sort of unified message when we are 365 or no, 380 million people ish. And um, we not only have TV, because back then it was TV and radio. Now we have yes. TV, radio, social and, media. Yes. So yes. it's like, it's, it's really just the news spitting whatever they want. And then activists are trying hard to combat that image. But there is a really big problem of my facts versus your fact, even mm. though facts are facts. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's become a crazy uh thing now at this point. Literally, I have tried to research some things, and I everything I got to that would normally the norm to to, be, to have as a fact checker is no longer a fact checker. So I'm like, great. I mean, I've, I had a guy tell me today that my CNN watching something on CNN was not legit. I was like, dude, if that's not legit, then we're just done. I'm not even gonna. We're not gonna have this conversation. No, I 100 agree, CNN. It's like, wait, I, they're not legit. I've seen so many of the CNN reportings, especially yeah. of the protest, and I just kind of look at it. I'm like, this is not what's happening. Yeah. This is not what's happening. Because <laughs> like I was also watching some of the live streams of the protest and like reading, and I'm like, this is, it's like it's it's not. Um, I think a great example was when they were saying that. Um, uh, Cassandra Ocasio or Cortez, like AOC, mm-hmm. endorsed Bernie Sanders at the Democratic National Convention. Everyone's just like, "Oh my God, why <laughs> is she doing this? Why, why is she backing Biden?" And then it was just like, "No, it was a misleading title." What actually happened is that it's normal for a candidate to get X amount of votes to exactly. be endorsed, even though they're not going to be claimed the nominee <laughs> in a convention. And she was specifically asked to do it by Nancy Pelosi, and she had. A, like it was it's like it's it's not a big deal it wasn't what they said yeah. but every single news i was like AOC and, and i'm just like you're purposely yeah, what are you misleading doing? people to get a headline exactly so, well there's yeah, it's all it's all everything right now is about what for me like so what can I get out of this even the, the presidential election the debates it's all ridiculous I was like dude I don't care about the fly on little snake man's head could you please just swat it off and tell me what you're going to do for us that's what I want to know <laughs> you know like it's like yeah. everything so with that being said forget them we're not we're, I I'm I wanted you to tell us about your, uh, you have like five shows you're producing. So I, that's more important than about these people because then people are going to be there and they're going to do what they do. But it's our job to make people laugh and forget about that stuff. So, so, um, or inform them one or the other. So, um, you, I, I had so many more questions. I can't believe that the time is up already, but uh, it's crazy. It's, I we'll have, I'll have to have you on again because this is crazy. Um, so, so what, I guess one my summary question now, cause I had like, Eight more. Darn it. Um, I guess All tell right. me about, no, it's okay. You're such a great guest. Like I could talk forever, uh, which I shouldn't. Uh, what, um, what are your events coming up? I know you have like five co- events coming up. Tell us about that. Uh, the ones that I remember. Okay. So I'm producing <laughs> two 
upcoming shows. So one of them is the CCC show, Dia de los Muertos special. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that one. It's Thursday, October 28th, so the last Thursday of the month. Okay. Um, and I think what we're doing is the entire lineup is going to be Mexican and Mexican Americans <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's their culture. Like, why not have them cu- talk about the culture? I won't be hosting because I'm not of that um, culture. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is at the start of the show, mm-hmm. um, we, um, in Dia de los Muertos, they have something called like ofrendas, and they also, which is like kind of like offerings to the dead. But what we're doing is we're saying, hey, if you have anyone that passed away this year, if you want any words, like a moment of silence, mm-hmm. um, send it to me either during the show or before the show, and we can just you know say it out loud as like a hey we're honoring the dead kind of like a moment for us to honor the dead before we start the show um and then the next day is our all-star comedy show (laughs) Halloween special so i these are the best of the best of the best in the bay area literally the best like these people have been on amazon prime wow okay everywhere right and um for this halloween special i'm telling people go ahead and dress up if you want to, um, if you don't, then you can always pick your favorite Halloween background, virtual background, you know, just to make Ooh. it fun and festive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the communities are going to be telling spooky stories. And by that, I mean a time where they were scared shitless, either because their mom <laughs> caught them doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. They like the cars on a joyride, whatever it is. That is but awesome. It's going to be a fun show. Ooh, that's and awesome. I'm going to be on a show next Friday called okay so like yeah okay so like mm-hmm. uh friday i think at 8 p.m and mm-hmm. then i'm on another show uh wednesday thursday 20 october 27th so i'm on a show Whoa. next friday Whew, and- you're a busy woman well how do yeah. people reach you do they go to your facebook page or your instagram what's your what is your gram it is um i think the best way to find all these shows is on my instagram okay. at cynthia in public okay. it's also on facebook at cynthia um okay. at, in public, i'm gonna write it down but- right now yeah, right. but if you want to know both my shows personally as well as the shows from my company at Cynthia and Public, and then from there on, you can also find the link to my company because I usually repost. Okay, got it. So I just wrote it. I wrote it down too. But I thank you so much. I cannot believe time has gone so quickly. Um, and we will have to have you back for sure. And we will talk all things women in comedy. I'll have you have with a, with a couple of girls I'd like to have on uh, and to, and do like a women comedy discussion or something. So we'll we'll get that going. Um, but in the meantime. <laughs> Um, uh, for viewers, I can't believe time has gone so quickly. I thank you guys so much for watching on the town. Um, I'm your host, Tanya. I will see you guys on Thursday for my living room chat. Oh, we got a lot to talk about, um, at 8 PM. And I want you to save the date, October 29th for Philosophy of Night's second annual comedy Zoom fundraiser. We did a good job. We raised over a thousand dollars. Woo woo woo. You guys are the bomb. We thank you. Uh, so help us reach our goal. We're trying to reach 3,000. We've raised over, we've raised over a thousand so far. So we can do this. All right. I'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Say bye, Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much, Tanya. This was a lot of fun. It was fun because you're fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we're still here. Wait a minute. Uh, Send feedback. Oh, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I ended. Good. Good. So I'll save it here so I have it for you. Wait a minute. I'll do this.